0: Hello and welcome to In Trust. My name is Rick Kitagawa.
1: And my name is Lisa Lambert. And thanks for joining us for our show about the most valuable asset today trust.
0: Today, I am excited to introduce our guest, the legendary Ramon Ray. Ramon is a best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and currently runs Smarthustle.com, a podcast and online resource for small business owners that is on the mission to inspire and educate a million small business owners to build successful businesses by 2025. Ramon, thank you and welcome to the show. Hey, Rick and Lisa, thanks for having me. Always excited to be here and engage with super
2: smart people. So thank you. Glad to be here and serve the community.
1: We're so excited for this conversation with you, Ramon, and for your infectious energy as well. And for folks who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit more about who you are and what you do?
2: Sure. I think there's uh, three sides to my life. Um, on one side, I love Elisa to inspire and educate small business owners, what I've done for over 20 years. I recall some half of your audience will know this, half won't, but using Microsoft front page, a software product. I like came with a thing called a CD back in the day. <laughs> and um, then I would do this thing called FTPing. Half know what it is, half don't. I would save the file three times a day. That would be my, was my first blog. So point is, I've inspired and educated small business owners of one sort or another for many, many years on one hand. On the other hand, I work with very, very big, large brands. Uh, you can call it influencer marketing, as it were, speaking and paying me to do a number of things for their brands to reach that community. And the third part of it is, I love burnt pancakes and way too much high fructose corn syrup every
0: two weeks. So that's a little bit about me. Amazing. Amazing. I, I really want to dig into the burnt pancakes because I hear that everywhere I go, wherever I look into to you. And, and I know that we were working together at the small business essentials course for the Akimbo platform most recently, and the pancakes came up again. So I really want to dig into your love of pancakes, but maybe we'll we'll, we'll save that for a little bit later whenever you're ready, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a plan. But what I really want to know is your work really weaves together entrepreneurship, education, and also the creative side of things like writing books, producing podcasts. And I would love to know if you could maybe articulate a little bit more how you weave these together in the difference that you're making.
2: Sure, that's a good question. And if I don't answer it well, feel free to ask me more questions, uh, uh, Rick, or Lisa to bring it out of me. I think though, so overall I've evolved with how I see myself. Um, And I I hope we all have, maybe it's just me, but you know, I think what I've done, Rick has been the same. I was just telling someone, I date myself. My son now is 25, uh, he's an adult. (laughs) And he was four years old playing with little race cars under the chair. So overall, you know, that give you that context. That's when I kind of started speaking and realized I was a speaker. I did this for free for the US federal government. As, as some people listening may know, they have a big program for small businesses called SCORE. So that's a context, Rick, what I'm trying to get into. What I've been doing for a long time has been sharing. How I got there, I can share if you want. But today, I think it's evolved to being, as I talked about, you know, creating a blog many, many years ago before there was blogging software, just that love of doing it. And today, as we as we take this, right, there's Clubhouse, Rick, guess what? And Lisa, in my locker, I live in a townhouse. I'm only getting my first iOS product. So the point I'm trying to get at is that today it's Clubhouse. Yesterday it was TikTok. Another day it's books. And I see myself, I can inspire someone. If I can educate someone, I don't know what the medium is gonna be 10 years or 20 years from now. It was right, we also work together with the Kimbo. So point being is that that's what gets me doing what I do. However, the medium, does it inspire someone? And doesn't educate them because i think you can inspire people but not educate you can educate people but i i like to have fun with it i don't take myself too seriously is that helpful makes sense
1: it totally does And i want to go a little bit deeper with this ramon and i want to get into why this is important to you and i personally being a small business owner i really admire your focus on small businesses and they are the backbone of our economy but i'm curious what's moved you or what's inspired you to move from small business owner yourself into one that's um, helping light up and helping other small businesses thrive and succeed.
2: Yeah. And I think I've honed that lease over the last few years, could be months, but I think that a few things. One, I find small business owners are lonely. It's a lonely journey. And I'm not the only one. There's millions of us who try to do this or thousands of us, you know, throughout the day across the planet. So I think uh, running a business, starting a business it's a very lonely experience. You don't know if you're doing it right. You don't, know if you, pardon me, if you're doing it wrong, people don't understand you. You try to tell your wife or your husband or your kids or your aunt or your grandma, and it's like, are you stupid? Go get a job at McKenzie or some real business or work, work for Rick for that matter. He has staples, you can undo something. <laughs> so it's lonely. And I think too, I think combined with, you know, we're all different. I like fun, Lisa, that's just my DNA. And I think if I combine this, not purposely, but, but I am I like to think I'm a fun person. I like to laugh quick. And I think if I can combine that and let people know, it's okay. It's okay. I know your mortgage was due yesterday and the client fired you today. That's okay. We'll get through it. You know, you, you, you ordered these 10,000 cups because you were going to be on some pitch event next week and they didn't come. That's all right. We'll get through it. So that's the attitude which I try to convey because there's so much information out there, right? We can learn, should I do S-Corp LLC? How do I get a bank account? How do I do my marketing? How do I do this? And and we do cover that on Smart Hustle One and that's important. But I think for me, it's just chill. Let's have fun. You can do it. That's how I kind of see my role, like the small business person's cheerleader that you can go on and and guide to a degree. So that's kind of how I see it.
0: I really appreciate that because I think most people come into entrepreneurship or business and they, there's this gravitas around it of like this weight of like, Oh, it's, I'm starting my own business. This is this huge thing and this huge endeavor. And I think there's, I don't know. I, I mean, I would say that a lot of that probably comes from fear of failure and and just fear in general. And I think it's such an important reframe for you to take it and say like, yes, it is important. There is weight behind these things, but we also don't have to put so much extra pressure on ourselves beyond what's already there of making, of, of going down this difficult path, hopefully with other people, sometimes alone and figuring out how to create value in the world. And you yourself are a serial entrepreneur, I'd call it right. You have four businesses, I believe, two of those which you've sold. And I would love to know, how did you really find your way to entrepreneurship in general? You know, you you mentioned that's in your blood. Like, where did that come from? Or when did you realize that that was really where your passion was?
2: Yeah, I wish I could say, you know, I had great parents, loving parents. But I wish I could say, you know, I sat at my father's knee as he came from, I don't know, I was gonna say Germany, but doesn't quite fit that. So as he came from Jamaica or Kenya, I don't know where I'd be from, you know, somewhere. And, and we used to, I used to take the beans out of his at late at night and I learned, no, I didn't, <laughs> nothing like that. Great parents, but I'm not, they weren't entrepreneurs. But I think Rick, I, I think what I love is the aspect of being uncomfortable. Sounds weird. We're all different. Some people are more comfortable. They like systems and process procedures. That's just not me. Shackleton, I think, was the name of the British explorer in the 1800s or 1600s. You know, the guy who went to the North Pole, South Pole, Antarctica, somewhere. I'm sure somebody listening knows the history of this. Maybe you all know what I'm getting at. But Shackleton, I think, is the name. And the ad was something like, you know, I'm going to Antarctica and you'll die. There's no food, low wages. The boats last time sunk. All the people died. At this time, it was all men. You won't see your wives again. Who's with me? What? 200 dudes showed up. Yeah. I'm... (laughs) I'm with you. So that's kind of how I see small business, Lisa and Rick. It's just, it's this journey of um, not that it's not known, but it's not crafted. Besides, of course, you can look up things, how to use this tool or that tool. Those who want to start a podcast, right? You can Google that pretty easily. But yet, the, and on the other hand, though, the journey's not known. Two gals both want to start. I'll, uh, I'll, somebody, side note, ask them, Ramon, do you sell cups? Cause when I talk, I just pull cups and she kind of thought, I think I was self-promoting myself. And she was kind of offended. I was being interviewed. She's like, Ramon, you don't have to show the cup. I'm like, Oh no, no, this is just a cup from my kitchen. I'm not selling this to anybody. She was like, Oh, but the point being is that, Oh, people who are in the podcast can't see I'm holding a cup. But the point is two girls can be selling a cup. And one girl will build a great thriving company. The other one won't. That's what I love about small business is that the journey is uncharted. The journey doesn't know. And kudos to the work Rick and Lisa, you are doing. I think this very much goes back to part of it is trust. Who can I get to trust me? Who can I get to believe in me? And isn't that every day what we have to do is we're selling this. Yes. Rick has to get lawn care service, but is he gonna buy from me? Every day is like this. Same with you, Lisa.
1: That is a perfect segue to the next question that I wanted to ask you. I wanted to dive deeper into this topic of trust with you, because I think there's a few different dimensions to this most likely. And maybe I'll, I'll frame the question like this and leave it to you to however you want to go about answering it. But I'm curious how trust has come into play in your work over the years. And maybe that's changed over time. But I think it's a really crucial concept for small business to get across. I'd love to get your take on it.
0: Sure. I
2: think, I think it's everything. And I think that what I'm slowly realizing, slowly or greatly, I'm not sure which one it is yet because my journey's not over, but is that uh, there's a few dimensions, I think. And you're right, there's no right answer. I'll explain how it is for me. Then we can unpack this how you wish. So I work with very, very large brands who have not unlimited, but I'll use the word unlimited for this conversation. Lots of money they can spend on what I do. You know, I'm, it's not like I'm, they're buying multimillion dollar Super Bowl ads. You know, they're investing in influencer marketing. So, my, what I'm trying to say is that it's very much about trust. Who can we trust to represent our brand? That's one level of trust. Second thing is, those who vote to follow me on my platforms or even listening to both of you on this podcast, by the fact that somebody's giving 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour of their time, that's some level of trust. So I believe that yes, in one way we are in the attention game as many of our peers and those we look up to talk about these things all the time, right, attention. But I think also it is a trust game because if I can't earn someone's trust, if someone doesn't think I'm credible, I would think Lisa, game over in a way, at least for some, you know, and even as we've seen in the the political discourse and I won't get political at all, but we could, but I won't. My point being is that you can grow following, you can grow this, but at some point you have to consistently earn that trust or overnight, it can go away. So is that helpful? That's that's how I see trust from my little world, what I'm doing. And I think also, I, I one more thing, conversely, if it's helpful, the brands I work with, they don't need me to have more Facebook ads or more clicks. You can buy that up the wazoo. One thing they can't buy, well, they can buy by paying me, but they can't <laughs> buy, you know, in, in, in the other sense, they can't buy is trust. So isn't that why they have Serena Williams? She drives our car. You should too. Or whatever the example may be. They're trying to buy trust. That's what I'm in.
1: I think you made a really astute connection in that, Ramon, that I think a lot of people miss when they're talking about attention is you linked attention with trust. Because I think there's a lot of times where people will, um, will exchange long-term trust for short-term gain, is they'll get attention first with something kind of clickbaity or... Something that's maybe misleading or whatnot. So it's okay. I have your attention, but they haven't earned trust. So they might've got initially, but they don't. And you said the word consistent in that one too of showing up again. So I mean, these big brands are trusting you to build trust um, and they're trusting you again and again and again, because you're earning your trust as you go on that side.
2: And I think that is so important. I encourage everyone listening, you know, no matter what you are, I'm sure in the audience here could be small business owners, large company organizations, you know, MBA students could be a number of people listening to this amazing podcast here. And I think you're right. I think that it's so important. I think that that's why once you have that, hold on to it preciously, it may take time to develop. And it's, it's, it's a commo- it's, it's not a commodity. It's an asset. It's currency. So I think hold on to it. And I think that's, that's where, yes, it's everybody wants a large following. Everybody wants numbers. But again, oftentimes I'm seeing leases that even when I look at a simple thing, I'll get a bit very transactional here, my email newsletter. Let's say I have 10,000 in my email newsletter. Ooh, I wish I had 100,000. How many are opening? How many clicking? So yeah, you can have a million in there and have 2% open or have 100,000 and have half open. I just beat the other guy, if that kind of makes sense. So it is essential for sure.
0: Yeah, Ramon, um, that makes me think of something that i don't know if you're familiar with, with ramit sati from i will teach you to be rich but he has i love that he's broken down very publicly how much of his like he you know at one point he had like a million people on his list but then he found that it was this very very tiny subsection of people who were actually you know the, like going back to the the thousand true fans kind of theory of you know it's it's fine if you have numbers, but it's really about the people who trust you and want to keep supporting you and believe in you. And like that's where your business comes from, really, in a lot of ways. Correct.
2: Exactly. You're you're so true, and I think, and that's this is getting a bit off of it. So Rick, pull, pull me back in if I go off too too far. But I think this goes back to gross profit and revenue. You know, all the billion dollar brands, we're billion dollar companies, and the poor small business looks at them. Wow, I wish I had a billion, but they don't realize they're all in debt, losing money, and the attrition rates up the wazoo. Slightly different, but similar principle. You know, where I live, a lot of people have, not a lot, a few people have Rolls Royces. And Rick, I tell you, when I walk outside of my door, I get very envious and jealous. I mean, really? And my son reminded me, dad, anybody can get that. They all have debt and they have leases. I'm like, oh, really? That's how they got that? <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I feel better then. <laughs> so point being, trust, nothing beats trust, but you can fake a lot of other things.
0: I, I love that. You can still fake a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, it's really the trust that matters. And I think- sure. The people who are probably most interested in today's episode, there's probably a lot of people who are budding entrepreneurs, people who are interested in starting small businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe they have one and they're looking to, to grow. You know, we found as we grow our own business that relationships are really so key in building a successful business. And that's because it's all about trust, right? It's building those relationships. So I would love to know what, advice maybe would you give to someone who's looking to, you know, they're just starting out, they might not have a small business yet, or maybe they have an idea and they're looking to, to start a side hustle. What would you tell them about earning and strengthening trust?
2: Absolutely. I think the biggest, one of the biggest challenges that many small businesses have that are starting out is the lack of time. So they think that, you know, they have rent to pay today of thousand dollars, let's say. They don't have any time. They have no cushion. So what I want to get at before I even talk about business, those of you who are new, those of you who are stepping into this, you have to have some cushion, some backup plan, whatever. One thing you don't want to do that's not fun is to have a proverbial gun to your head where you have to feed your kid. That is disastrous. And I I almost crying as I said it because I've been there. And if I talk too long, Rick and Lisa, I will cry. And I don't mind crying, but I don't want to cry right now. I'd like to just stay dry. <laughs> but I've been there. When you, You're in, in the school. You have a full-time job. You have two little kids to feed. Your wife's at home. That's, that's not easy. Or your husband at home, whatever the case may be. So one, take care of your finances. You know, really do that because it's nothing much more comfortable to know, right, that you have a year in the bank or you have six months so you can sleep on your parents' couch or something while you're building your business. So I really must say that if you're doing it out of desperation, it's harder. And, and a lot of things I would say were different. Having said that, I think one, really, really drive home and focus on, just look at what Amazon has done well. Why they succeeded so much, they made it so easy to work with them and people trust them. One tip I'll give Rick and Lisa, when you start getting into the minutia of, oh, you bought the $3, he bought holding, I'm holding up a cup again, by the way. Oh, you bought the $3 cup and you wanna return it back and maybe we'll go through headaches. It's no fun. It's hard to build a business. But if you're able to be the tortoise, go slow and steady. Focus on the people who've already given you their trust. Lisa's already bought from me. Right now, I'm wearing a blue sweater, okay? Lisa's bought my blue one blue sweater from me. Obviously, she trusts me. She said she loves it. Why am I running over there to sell somebody new? Let me see, can I sell her my socks too? Sounds simplistic, but I find Lisa and Rick, this is one key to business that many people don't think of. Already have trust somewhere. How can I maximize it? How can I build it? When I'm on this show right here, right? I mean, you know, Rick and I have worked together in a capacity. We're like, hey, let's make it better and let's be on the show. Who knows what else we'll do? So that's one thing I can go on for other things, Rick, if you want. But I'll pause there in case you want to take it to a different direction.
1: I love, I love how practical those are, and kind of going back to where where to focus. So if there's another one you want to share, I don't. I, I'm happy to get out of your way and let you keep going because this is okay. gold, Ramon.
2: Okay, good. I mentioned a few more. So, so, so trust in small business. I think one, who are the customers I have and how can I serve them more? I think two, it goes also to your team members. I have a team of five and I just two or three days ago, it sounds like only big companies do it. We're a small business. But I emailed each and every one of them. We have phone calls too. And I said, what do you like working with me? What can I do better? What are problems, et cetera? And I got good feedback. They all said, thankfully, Ramon, we like working with you. We want to keep on. But the point is also trust with your team. I think the third type of trust is also trust with your family. I'm very clear of my family, especially when I was smaller. Here's how dad, in my case, here's how dad makes money. Or with me and my wife, here's how I make money. And I think that trust with family, it, it reduces the emotional stress level when people know, oh, dad's going to South by Southwest to speak. He's gonna get a check for speaking, you know, a week later, or whatever the engagement is, or you know, uh, or Lisa's case. Lisa's hanging with Ramon to do X. From that, she's gonna get a client. So my point is, when your family understands, they don't have to know everything, but when they're able to connect the dots with you, that's a trust level two because they can join with you in the journey. So I think those are three types of trust. I think that small businesses may want to consider with your with your vendors. Well, your vendors is another one. Your vendors, uh, your employees your family and definitely of course your clients and customers.
1: I love that. I want to I want to expand on this a little bit further and maybe kind of point the trust the trust lens over at you for a second. I don't want to bring you to tears with this question at all, but I think there's a lot that can be learned in this and going back to where you're talking about small business being uncharted, I think it's a space with that that we really need to trust in ourselves as we're venturing into this uncharted area as small business owners. And I'm really curious how have you, Ramon, learned to trust in yourself as you've gone about your work over the years?
2: Yeah. So I um. I, um, I don't know why I have this issue being age of 48 years old, a full-fledged adult by every <laughs> intents and purposes. I always struggle, uh, Lisa, with self-doubt. Even now, even, you know, just even thinking about it. For example, I don't spell very well. It's embarrassing sometimes. It, it, I always, ah, oh, why can I know whether and whichever in the other WHs or non? It throws me off or things like that. Why do I have to Google gross profit margin? You know, all these things. Well, that I have pretty squared away, but things like that. So I think that's one. So I'm getting to the point, but I have issues with that. Um, or issues, am I good enough? Um, I used to want to speak like other people. why I, Why do I speak so fast? Everybody else speaks slow. And measured like Rick and Lisa and cool, and they sound nice. I sound like an idiot because I can't help but speak so fast. I swear for my words, not my words, my brain's going here, my tongue's going there, and it mixes up. So, but believing in yourself, Lisa, yes, I that's so important. I'll give you one story. I remember one of my first deals at my third company, Small Business Summit that I sold. Uh, one of the sponsors was QuickBooks, makers of, or Intuit, makers of QuickBooks. I had them on the phone. One of these conference call lines where the big executives get on, beep, 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 beep. That means what? Seven people are on it, you know, Mindy and Becky and John and all these people. And then of course the small business, right? Beep. Just me. That's it. <laughs> you know, no beep, 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 beep. So point is, low and bottom line is I think I sold them at a fifteen dollars or $25,000 sponsorship. And I say those numbers because For me, and I think many small business hearing, it's a big deal for an event sponsorship. And I'm trying to get at, they ask me, have you done it before? No. Can you promise 300 people will come? No. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. A lot of no's. But I had to pull on my big boy, my big girl pants and say something like, but I, I can do it because of this, that, and the other. I can do it because of this. I can do it. So I had to breathe confidence into myself to telegraph to them. So I hope that's helpful, Lisa, but you're right. Belief in ourself, it, it, it's, that that's what stops many people. If you, if you don't, are you not able to wake up and say, let's just sell it. I know it's not perfect, let's see what happens. That's a problem. And oftentimes I think hand in hand goes with this is, is people who are too perfect, they won't go because it's never, right? We've heard from many of our peers who we look up to and uh, other people we are, are in circles with. If you're waiting for perfect to happen, it's never gonna happen. All these things that some people have heard before. So you're right, trust in yourself, yes.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing that story, Ramon. I mean, I think it's in my own coaching business, I do deal mainly around imposter syndrome. And it's this thing that it's so pervasive in that everybody has it, right? Mm -hmm. Like every guest that we've ever talked to has been like, yeah, like at at least at some point in their life, they haven't trusted in themselves. Well, what I'm hearing is that I think, and you definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like part of where your confidence has come from even though you say you're like, yeah, like you, you can still feel, like, you know, like, oh, they they have seven people, I have just me, right, or whatever. Um, but it it sounds like your ability to sit with that uncomfort or the discomfort of of sitting with the uncertainty and actually having that be part of the fun is sort of where maybe that self confidence and the or the ability to portray the self confidence, even if you're actually uncertain. Maybe that's where it's coming from. Would you say that's accurate or? Yes, you're picking it up
2: totally, Rick. And I think that those of us who uh, shoot first and then aim, if if those get the example I'm giving, we need people around us to, to give us some order and structure. So, but it's an asset also to say, just run with it. Because we're the ones who are ahead. We're the ones who've done it. We're the ones. Yeah, we're scarred and bumped more than the other people. But you're so right. If you ever get a chance to interview a guy named David Goggins, and if you do, uh, Rick and Lisa, you have to let me like just listen. And I'm a fan fan guy of his, David Goggins. Uh, I think he's one of the one of the few Black Navy SEALs. Due to whatever is in there, he explained something about I don't know something that there's fewer Black Navy SEALs. Nothing racial. It's just something with our makeup or something, bone structure density, something like the swimming. I don't remember it, but point is that, and he'd been to three Navy SEAL training, three trainings, uh, sp- army rangers, etc cetera. What I'm trying to get at, he was abused and went through several hardships as a child. So he turned it around. And the reason why he excelled, these guys are, you know, from the farms in Minnesota and had good families and they've been to ROTC. I had nothing in life. I was the garbage kid. So I can deal with pain, not having food, being hungry that's how I, will I live. Being cold, this is how I live. So my point is, to what you're saying, Rick, he's able to turn his growing up as a child, being uncomfortable into an asset because the commanding officers couldn't hurt him any more than he was hurt as a child. So he turned that as a strength. So yes, I think being comfortable with being uncomfortable, it's an asset, I think, for small business owners and give a strength to go on. And even if it's not business, some people, it could be other things in life they're going through, right? But I think it can definitely
1: help. David Goggins is definitely an inspiring story for, we'll be sure to put some links to, to his stuff in um, his show notes. I think he has a book out as well. And I've read him working with um, with some other entrepreneurs in a book too, but his story also as an endurance athlete is just absolutely inspiring. Yes. Um, I want to just pick up on this and you've just, throughout our conversation, you have been so generous in sharing guidance and practical advice coming into this. I'd love to pick up on this a little bit more because I think the past year right now being the beginning of 2021, the past year has been pretty tough, pretty challenging for a lot of small business owners trying to get going or trying to survive, trying to thrive in this. On the flip side of that and kind of picking up to, to what you were saying is I think in crisis lies opportunity and can lie a lot of opportunity. And we, Rick and I have a lot of hope for what's coming up ahead. And I feel this kind of renewed hope in the world right now. I'm curious what kind of guidance or practical advice would you, would you give to small business owners or aspiring small business owners right now at this, at this point in time, as they're kind of looking forward?
2: Sure. Yeah. I can recall telling another story. Uh, This now would be three months ago from today as it were, when we record this, but in March of 2020, time goes by so fast when most of us, the world imploded in one way or another it did. We were all were, knocked on off our feet. Everybody was, even if you're okay today. But the point is, is that as a speaker, I was watching my virtual clock as it were South by Southwest. It can't close. I mean, if it, if it closes, the world's over, but it's not going to close because it's never closed in what, 5 billion years. And those who don't know, South by Southwest, the big com- the big uh, tech fest and festival in Austin, Texas that happens in March. Next thing as we all know the headline said, South by Southwest closed. No. And that's what I knew my world was going to be forever changed. So I prayed. I put, I'm a person of faith. Got inspired to do a survive and thrive summit. We had thousands of people attend it. I sold amazing sponsorships. Point of making that: what to do even this year? I think there still is time, and I encourage everybody: the slate is still clean, Lisa. There's nothing on the table still. I think it's fresh. So this is the time to pitch fresh ideas. This is the time to capitalize in a good way. In a good way, not in a bad way. There's enough of that going on. But capitalize in people's fears. To offer new things. Lisa, you know, for example, let's say I'm, I'm selling to Lisa. She's like, Ramon, we're still all working from home. It's still crazy. I don't know what to do. Great. Experiment with me. Normally, this would be, you know, $10,000 a person, my big fancy company package. I'll give it to you for 5000 Why don't you just buy, you know, for half your employees? Lisa's going to say yes if you get with a silly thing I'm saying, meaning because she's also in disarray still. She doesn't know what's coming. So it's a time to experiment. It's time to do, th- do new things, time to try things. It's a time to be, To people will forgive you more if you make mistakes because we're all screwing up. So we're all in the same boat. So those of you who are listening to my voice who are a bit shy and perfectionist, nobody knows it's not perfect thanks to what's been going on. And especially even with the unrest and things going on in politics, we, we can all get a little bit of crazy crazy in a good way in our businesses. So that's what I would say, but definitely experimentation, get out there do things you may have tried. And and those of you who are hurting, if I may speak, okay, Rick and Lisa, can I speak? to Okay. For those who are hurting a bit, those who are still, you've been fired from your job, maybe you've been laid off, you're furloughed, your business imploded. One, I feel for you. I haven't been there, but I empathize the pain you may be in high amounts of debt. Can't pay your mortgage. This, the time, listen to Rick and Lisa and just try something. You have knowledge. What it is, I don't know, but you have knowledge you have 20 years, 10 years, five years of experience. How can you sell that? And going back to trust, the whole title of this podcast, right, is people trust you. Somebody trusts you. And I bet if you just ask, hey Rick, listen, I know you bought water bottles from me last year. You bought 10,000 of them for your company. We're not doing water bottles now. We're doing T-shirts or we're doing pens or we're doing consulting, whatever it is. Could I share this with you? Would you like to give it a try to buy it for your employees, Rick? You know, generally speaking, going to say yes. He trusts you. So. I hope that answered the question. Sometimes when I speak Lisa and Rick, my brain tells me that I'm
0: going off, but I don't know. It's, it is what it is. No, not at all. Ramon, that was perfect. Thank you so much. And I, I think, I mean, I love so much of the the advice that you've given. And I think what I really resonated with is that the the 20 years, 10 years, five years, one year, right? And I think a lot of people are scared to go out there because they're not, I'm not Ramon Ray that has my business, my four businesses and my books and, you know, like they have all this credibility and they're like, like, but there is something that each of you have that is going to be valuable to somebody else. It's just about figuring out who those other people are and how do I package this in a way that makes it worth your time. That's right. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I I think that's really powerful advice for anyone interested in starting up a small business. So Ramon, what is coming up next for you?
2: Yeah, I think I've been on a journey, uh, Rick, of uh, just uh, not doing anything much different in 2021, thankfully, but making small tweaks. So for me, I'm always not shifting too much, but who's on my team and how can I maximize them? That's one. I think two, uh, I definitely uh, looking into do some online courses. Uh, so, that I've never done one in a big way before, but more online courses. And I think three, I have another book inside me. So, that book will be coming out. I don't know exactly when. It could be March, it could be April, who knows when, but it is in the works. So, those are some things going on with me. And um, yeah, people can always listen, RamonRay.com. It's a friendly site, smarthustle.com. That's where people can find out more about me at.
1: <laughs> Perfect. You actually just got ahead of me at that one because I was going to say, your book. Courses, <laughs> sign me up. Um, and yeah, so RamonRay.com, smarthustle.com. Amazing. Ramon, wow. Thank you so much for just an energizing and uplifting conversation.
2: I appreciate it. Great to be here, really. And thank you for what you all do to help the world make it a better place. You know, there's zillions of podcasts out,
0: and this is the podcast where Lisa and Rick hang out. So thank you. Thanks again, Ramon. And all right, folks, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, please join us again next time for InTrust.
1: Thanks for listening to the InTrust podcast. And if this resonated with you, be sure to subscribe or follow and leave us a review. We would also love for you to share with a friend, because after all, trust is an infinite game and it's better together. And now, a quick word from our sponsors.
0: If you are looking to successfully make change in the world, you need to build trust. And lots of it. Fortunately, over here at Spotlight Trust, we've put together a 20-page practical guide that details actionable steps that you can take to build trust at scale and accelerate your change-making. Download your free playbook today at SpotlightTrust.com playbook.